Clippers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Thursday edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Bertitas, brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Philadelphia Flyers, only Penn Orthopedics has the reputation, the ingenuity, and the expertise to offer the region's widest array of treatments in every orthopedic specialty, all in a safe and secure environment. The Penn Orthopedics team creates the ideal care plan with options fueled by our own world-renowned research doing what once seemed impossible, so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at penmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Another jam-packed episode of Flyers Daily. Here's who we'll hear from in this episode. The head coach once again after day three of training camp practices, two sessions, Elaine Vigneault, uh, also on the day that he was nominated for the fifth time For the Jack Adams Award as the NHL's top coach. He, along with John Tortorella and Bruce Cassidy, are the finalists for the Jack Adams. Elaine Vigneault won the award back in the 2006-2007 season with the Vancouver Canucks. And he's the only coach in NHL history to be nominated for the award five times. Uh, The original winner of the award, uh, when it came into play, was back in 1974. And that was Fred Shiro of the Philadelphia Flyers, won the inaugural Jack Adams Award. So we'll hear from Elaine Vigneault. We'll hear from Kevin Hayes after day three at camp. Also, James Van Riemsdyk, who was a part of the Return to Play Committee and uh, privy to the ins and outs of the negotiation on the Return to Play protocol and uh, the CBA, some elements there as well. Also, Nate Thompson. I have a one-on-one conversation with the Flyers forward. Of course, acquired at the trade deadline by Chuck Fletcher, a guy who's been moved at many a trade deadline for teams that are contending He's the type of player that teams want on their roster, a guy that can do a lot of little things right and provide depth for a team as well, which is why you tend to see players like Nate Thompson on the move at the deadline if the situation they're in doesn't look like the postseason is a possibility. So we'll talk to Nate Thompson about the pause, getting back on the ice, and a ton more all in this episode of Flyers Daily. Now today, Thursday, the 16th of July, uh, no on-ice schedule for the Flyers on this day. Uh, They'll be back at it on Friday tomorrow. Group A will be on the ice uh, from 10.30 to 11. Group B will be on at the same time on the Phantom side of the ice from 10.30 uh, to 11. And then A and B all on the Flyers ice from 11 to 11.30. They'll bring the entire group together. Saturday, the Flyers will have a couple of scrimmages, one from 10.15 to 10.45, and then another scrimmage uh, from 11 to 11.30 as preparations continue for the Philadelphia Flyers to report to the NHL hub cities and get in the bubble location in Toronto all in advance of their first exhibition game coming up on the 28th of this month, uh, less than two weeks away now, 12 days away where the Flyers will take on the Pittsburgh Penguins at 4 p.m. on the 28th. All right, let's turn it over right now to the five-time nominee for the Jack Adams Award. He addressed the Flyers media today after training camp session number two on day three. Here's Elaine Vigneault. This is my, my fifth time that uh, I'm up for the Jack Adams. Uh, obviously, the, I've had great staffs and worked for great organizations, but everyone's been a, every time it's been a little bit different. Uh, my, my first time in Montreal... Uh, that year, we uh, took a, we set a record for games missed by players, but we were still able to take it to the last game of the year to uh, get into the playoffs, and I think uh, that caught people's attention. Uh, my first time that I was nominated, and and I, I won that one in uh, in um, Vancouver, 
it was a little bit like uh, Philly. Uh, you know, I took a team that uh, hadn't been in the playoffs the year before, and uh, we had a pretty good run. And obviously, it got people's attention. My second time in Van, we were before the season. We were rated the best team in the league, and and we did. We finished first and took it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And my last time, my first time and only time with the Rangers, um, it was uh, after going to the finals. A lot of the experts were saying that we weren't going to get into the playoffs and we finished first in the league. So uh, so this time here in, in Philly, I have to say, is, uh, is extra special. Um, we had a very challenging month of October where we went to Europe and then we went out west. But then uh, from the 1st of November till the season was postponed, um, with Boston and, and Tampa, we had the best record in the league. Boston had 80 points, and we, us and Tampa, had 78. And I look at that, and I look at how our players responded uh, to the Oscar uh, situation. Uh, I'm so proud of this group and and everybody associated with it. Uh, that was a very challenging uh, time for our group. And we responded by doing our jobs, staying focused, uh, players being supportive to Oscar, organization, fans being supportive to Oscar. Uh, this, this, this nomination for me, uh, uh, considering what, what, could have happened uh, is uh, is extra special. Oscar is healthy now. Our team did well, so uh, this is uh, very special for me. Sorry, Elaine. When you come into a new team, there's always that question of how quickly you're the players adapt or pick up your systems. When did you realize this group was going to be adaptable enough and willing enough to buy into what you and the staff was wanted them to do? Uh, you know, really, from from day one, I, I felt that uh, you know the veteran players uh, of this group uh, were looking for direction, and um, you know that's basically what my myself and my staff and and management did. We gave them direction. We told them, you know, this is the plan that we have. This is what you need to do uh, to do your jobs on the ice. And uh, month of October, we knew was going to be challenging with the travel to Europe, the travel back, the travel out west. Uh, but like I said, since November the first, uh, you know, we've been the top two in the league with Boston and, and Tampa. And um, this group has, has progressed. And I cannot state enough, you know, how uh, how proud I am of of how everyone, players and the organization, but also the the hockey community, the the support we got and hockey has a great community and great fans and, and great people uh, running it. But uh, the support that uh, we got and Oscar got from uh, other teams and other organizations and players was phenomenal. And there's no doubt in my mind that uh, it helped uh, him go through a, a very challenging time, uh, a very tough cancer. And he's come out of it full marks and for our group and uh, Everyone that's uh, close to us, uh, that's probably the best news that we could have.
Hi, Elaine. Uh, you talked about back in September having high expectations for this group, that you expected that the team was going to make the playoffs and improve as the year progressed. But looking back as the way this year turned out, would you say that the, the team met your expectations, exceeded your expectations for how things went? Uh, I would say uh, the only way I can answer that question is the season is not over. And uh, we're going into the uh, best part of, of the season. We've earned the right. We've made the playoffs. We've earned the right to compete for the Stanley Cup. And our business is far from over. Uh, so that means that my job is far from over. So right now we're in what I call phase one of uh, uh, this first segment, which is going to bring us to, to the bubble. Uh, we've got a lot of work. We've planned it. Uh, we've talked to the specialists about it. We're using science to make sure that uh, that our group is ready. So uh, I don't I can't answer your question because season's not over yet and uh, we still got a lot of work to do. Hi, coach. Uh, we know that you have a long relationship with Kevin Hayes and today James Van Riemsdyk said that it was helpful to have someone in camp starting at the beginning of the year to sort of help with the transition that trust is, is built in. Do you feel like that can carry over now into the playoff situation? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I'm just looking right now at, at our first three days and uh, you know, the way that uh, our, our veteran group and our veteran players uh, have come here and the focus and, and the, you know, if you look into their eyes and, and, you know, they want to be here, they want to put in the work, they want to get ready. They know that, our first game is August the 11th, and uh, they're really looking forward to to this challenge and this opportunity. And uh, I like the spirits. I like I like the mood, and I, I like our guys right now. The the, the 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 leadership is coming from our veteran guys, uh, and they want to do well. So they're going to put in the time, and they're going to put in the effort. Different type question uh, with no fans there throughout the tournament. Uh, how do you get the players? To be motivated do you have to do more coaching or do you tell them hey you have to be self-motivated because obviously the fans do play a big part in motivating during the game you know sam that's that's a real good question and i don't have an answer for you because i've never been through it uh, you know even though growing up in in minor hockey uh, adam Wee, bantam midget uh, you play in front of friends and family uh and none of us in as far as i know anyway I've ever played in front of no fans, so it's going to be a new experience. Uh, we're definitely going to have to um, to uh, to play in 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 these conditions, uh, and we're going to have to play well, and we're going to have to to play uh, you know the the type of hockey that we can. If there is one thing that I I do know <clears throat> is that uh, I've always felt that even when with eighteen or nineteen thousand people in the, in the building, my voice. Could people could hear me on the ice and players knew uh, the directives that I was I was giving from the bench. So I imagine my my voice will even be uh, more hearable if that's an English word. And uh, maybe uh, my guys will pick up my my directions maybe a little bit quicker. Hi, Elaine. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. When you uh, when you got introduced as head coach, you mentioned that you really liked Philly because you thought it gave you a real genuine chance at the Stanley Cup. How has the organization kind of met your expectations this year? Well, uh, exactly the way that uh, Chuck and I, when we first met, uh, 
uh, we discussed, you know, uh, you know, you've got to run a, a first class organization. Uh, you've got to be first class in everything you do. You have to be proactive uh, with the new knowledge that's out there and you've got to look to, to get it and to bring it into your organization. And, um, you know, when I met ownership, uh, they basically said uh, to me uh, what I expected to hear anything you need. Uh, we can uh, we can get for you, and uh, that's the way it's been since uh, since day one. This organization, like the ones that I've I've worked before, the the Rangers were the same way. Uh, Vancouver and Montreal were the same way. Um, you know, it's uh, the first class. They they run a first class organization, fully first class ship, and uh, you know our our players understand that. With that, with the fact that the, they're being treated extremely well. Uh, that uh, what they have to do is do their work, do their jobs, and that's what they come here every day. And that's what I've stressed about since day one is that accountability uh, to themselves, to their teammates, to the organization, to the fans. And uh, that's what uh, we have to continue to do all together. Yeah, uh, Elaine, quick question yeah. for you. Um, uh, how how important, uh, you know, you've made long runs in the playoffs before, and, and considering that this is going to be a, a unique situation, how important is it the fact that, that, that this locker room is a close locker room uh, as it approaches uh, the, the playoffs next month? Are there, there's no doubt that, you know, any team, any sport that has any success is because first and foremost, uh, there's trust, there's accountability, um, you know, players uh, like being with one another. And uh, the, probably the word that, that comes first for me is, is that respect between teammates not to let your partner down your line mate down your defensive partner your goaltender down uh there's got to be that that trust and respect and and i think throughout the season our group has has built that as has developed it uh, they understand uh the accountability factor how important it is uh, uh you know between teammates from game to game and from shift to shift, and uh, that's what uh, our group is, is in my mind. Is we've evolved, uh, we've under we understand that part, and now we're going to get a chance to to prove it here moving forward. Yeah, quick quick question on uh, Kevin Hayes. How much has he helped, and how much has he developed uh, since you last had him with the Rangers? And how much has he helped you make a smooth transition here? Yeah, there's no doubt that. You know, having coached Kevin before and him understanding, uh, you know, what I'm looking for as far as, um, you know, work ethic and attention to detail from, from players and him maybe understanding my different looks, my different stares that I might give sometimes at, at players. That's another form of communication sometimes. So I think he was able to, to pass on to his teammates, uh, you know, at, at different times and important times before games, in between periods, after games, uh, you know, what I was looking for. And uh, I think that made it uh, an easier transition uh, for everyone. Uh, there's a there's a lot of will in, in this group. Uh, you know, they want to succeed. They want to do well. Uh, they're under, they understand that our goal is is the Stanley Cup. Our first objective, obviously, was to to get into the playoffs, to have a chance to compete. Now we are working a way towards preparing ourselves for our first round matchup. 
and that's just the first part. There's four other parts after that to that. Each part containing you got to win four games. So, um, you know, with uh, everybody uh, working together, we've all come a long way. Uh, we 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 are, are, I believe, going to continue continue to improve through these different phases. Phase here in Philly, uh, the first phase of the bubble in, in Toronto, and uh, we're going to be ready come uh, August the 11th. Hi, Elaine. I just wanted to ask you one yep. more question about Oscar. Um, how much did Oscar's spirit and just his fight make you want to work harder and make your team want to work harder? I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, once we, we found out, you know, the severity of the cancer that uh, Oscar had and, um, you know, the, the amount of fight that he would have to put himself through to, to be able to beat this, uh, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, seeing him, you know, every uh, other week come in and uh, in between th treatments and uh, uh, being the, the positive individual that he could be, that had a huge effect on, on, on our group and, you know, our focus on, you know, uh, supporting and, and when it came time to hockey and staying in the moment and doing what we we're supposed to do. So uh, this was uh, obviously a, uh, a different year for all of us, uh, but um, uh, you know it, it's not over. We still have a lot of work to do, and uh, and um, you know we're all very fortunate that uh, Oscar came out on on the winning side for us. A coach who is seemingly in total control—that is what Elaine Vigneault portrays. And you'll hear my conversation with Nate Thompson coming up. He's a combination of a player's coach and a coach that's tough on players, which is a hard thing to do uh, with today's athletes, but he manages to balance those two things very well. You'll hear Nate Thompson talking about that coming up in just a bit. One of the guys that played for Elaine Vigneault in New York with the Rangers was Kevin Hayes. It was a, his original NHL coach. He rejoined Elaine Vigneault here in Philadelphia, and here's Kevin Hayes after day three of training camp. A lot of your teammates have been expressing how difficult it's going to be to like leave family and young children. JVR was talking this morning about having a newborn and how tough that's going to be. You know, are you feeling some of those emotions too? And 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 what is it going to be like? You know, heading into the bubble. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely a tough situation for for guys that have uh, wives and kids, um, especially over the past four months. It's probably the most time they've spent with both their their wife and kids than at any time in their career. But um, for myself, uh, I mean, I look at it as a chance to chance to win the Stanley Cup and and um, I think that's why everyone kind of kind of plays this game, and uh, that's why everyone trains, why everyone practices, and uh, obviously it's a it's a difficult situation, but um, I just think it's another chance to to get a shot at winning the Stanley Cup, and and I think that's what everyone's goal is. Yeah, hi Kevin. Now that now that everybody's here, and it looks like the tournament's going to start, you know, on time. What is your feeling as far as the team's chances to go far in this tournament? Do you uh, you think it'll be tough to regain the momentum, or, or do you think uh, you guys can pick up where you left off? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we were one of the hottest teams in the league before quarantine. Uh, I think it was us and the Bruins. Uh, we've been rewarded with uh, having kind of a, a round robin for our first couple of games, and, and um, but obviously we need to find our momentum again. Um, uh, we have good leadership in this locker room. 
Uh, we have some good practices out there. Our coaches know what buttons to push and who to push. And, and uh, I think it's on our older guys to make sure that, that everyone's buying in. Um, obviously, it starts with the goalie. I think we have two great goalies, Hartsy and, and Bruce. Uh, in order for us to win and get our momentum back, we need them at the top of their games. And, and so far, they look great. Uh, Elaine was talking about uh, being a finalist for the Jack Adams Award, and he just said how proud he was of this group and how they responded to Oscar's cancer diagnosis. How did the team, how difficult was it for, was it for the team to respond? Uh, and have you ever really experienced anything quite like that with the team? Yeah, obviously first, uh, congrats to AV. Uh, I think it's a well-deserved um, award for him. Uh, I think he should win it this year. I've been lucky enough to have him as a coach for pretty much my whole career here. Um, and he's taught me a lot of things, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was obviously a huge uh, moment in our season. Um, you have one of your best players go down to cancer. Uh, and obviously, it was a close friend of everyone, but, but cancer is uh, a serious situation. It's a, it's a sucky situation, and, and um, it affects a lot of people. Uh, just so happened this year, it affected our team, and, and um, you never want to see anyone battling cancer. But when it happened, and, and uh, I think Oscar was – was a true professional about it. Um, he didn't kind of, he didn't wonder why, why me, why me? He kind of just took it on um, full head of steam and, and battled it. And uh, we obviously had his back the whole entire time, but I think it kind of made us realize that, that um, there is more to hockey. Um, obviously we want to win every single night and everyone wants to, to score goals every single night, but um, there's some real stuff going on in outside of hockey, and I think our team got a taste of that this year, and and um, I think it's it brought our team together for sure. Um, if anyone on our team was having problems throughout the year, all you had to do was think of what Oscar was going through, and your problems became very minuscule compared to his. And, and um, yeah, I mean, like that, he's one of the toughest guys I know. Uh, every time you saw him, he he was upbeat, he was happy. If it wasn't for him losing his hair, you probably wouldn't have known he had cancer. He he, he was a true warrior, was a professional, and he kind of made us realize that um, what our problems are, they're they're not that serious. And I think he kind of brought our team together. So, Kevin, you, you, as someone who's made um, two lengthy runs or uh, one lengthy one and one decent run uh, in the playoffs before, there's a, you know that there's a lot of things that that have to come together for a team to to go on that run. One of those things, obviously, is is to have a really good camaraderie with each other and, and in the locker room. You knew right away that this locker room was was good. You said it right from the beginning. You could tell. You felt you felt accepted. What is it? Can you give? Can you kind of identify what it is about this group that makes it so special in that regard, and and why that could carry you guys here in the playoffs? Yeah, um, I think a lot of things need to fall in place in order to in order to win the Stanley Cup. That's why it's. One of the hardest trophies to win. Um, you got to battle through injuries. You got to battle through losses, tough losses, um, ups and downs throughout all the series. Um, but I think a, a major key into into winning series and winning games is is to have the tightest team. Um, you don't want to be pointing fingers when things go wrong, and I don't think that happens in this locker room. We have older guys that kind of that kind of run the locker room, and make sure everyone's held accountable, and and I think our best players. Our, our older guys, and then you have young guys like TK and Hartsey. And, um, if you're a 10-year veteran or a 50-game rookie, it's everyone's held accountable, and 
they're allowed to hold each other accountable. And I think that's why our team is so tight. Everyone has a good time on and off the ice and we're always joking around and rookies don't feel like rookies. They're obviously younger than everyone, but, but um, they're pulling the rope just as much as everyone else. And you have your first line guys doing their job and you have your fourth line guys doing their job. And I think that's, that's uh, what makes teams win. And, Especially going into the playoffs, we need to have guys who have had experience with playoffs kind of let everyone else know that if you lose a game, it's not it's not the biggest biggest thing. You got to kind of win the next one. And just like A.V. said, you got to win four. Hey, Kevin. Uh, in line with that question about the locker room, uh, Justin Braun said earlier today that he felt like in comparison of how the locker room felt at the end of, of the regular season, there's maybe a little bit more focus right now, maybe a little bit less light than it was back then. Is that something you've noticed as someone who definitely brings the lightness to the room? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's playoff time. Uh, there's 24 teams left and there's one trophy, obviously. Um, it's a lot different than just losing one game in the regular season. It's, it's, uh, it's not that big of a deal during the regular season, but during the playoffs, I think everyone realizes that uh, right from game one, we need, to, we need to be at our best. And, it's uh, it's still fun here every day. I uh, make sure of that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely more serious. Um, the coaching staff knows it. The players know it. Management knows it. Everyone behind the scenes knows it. And and uh, I mean, so the playoffs are a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everyone's going to enjoy themselves. I know we have guys that have been there. Some guys that haven't. Um, you can be as serious as you want to be, but you have to enjoy it along the way. Hi, Kevin. Uh, we were speaking to James Van Riemsdyk today about the long relationship you have with Coach Vino, and he said that that trust helped with the transition during training camp and into the season. I'm just wondering if the buy-in factor is important for this team this year and, and heading into the playoffs. Um, wait, I didn't hear you. What factor? Buy-in factor as far as the trust and, you know, of, of trusting the coach and so forth. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously uh, coached a lot of great teams. He's gone to the Stanley Cup final, I think, two or three times, and uh, he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, but I think for him, he needs he needs players that buy into his system and older players that, that really trust what he's doing, and, and then he has to trust those older players to to kind of let the to let the older guys, let the younger guys know how, how things work around here come playoff time. Um, and I think that's what we have in this locker room between uh, Justin, Niski, G, Jake, who it's myself, James, Moose. Um, I think AB is really going to trust us to to make sure that everyone's doing uh, the right things on and off the ice in order for for uh, to give ourselves the best chance to win. Uh, every time we go on the ice, it's playoffs is tough. Uh, you can play your best hockey and you still don't win, and and those games suck. But you have to have the right guys to to make sure everyone realizes that no one should feel bad for themselves and and to just get ready for the next game. Yeah, Kevin, just curious how you approach the round-robin tournament. Do you look at it as a tune-up to the playoffs, or do you look at it as critical, you know, as far as getting a higher seed and maybe uh, a better matchup in, in the uh, playoff rounds? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely serious games. Um, I mean, we're, we're in fourth place now, so the only, the only way we can go is up. Um, Critical, I think, is a little too strong of a word because uh, you still don't even know who you're playing in the next round because they're going to be reseeding. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they're they're going to be serious games for sure. I mean, you want to be at your best come that first round, and and I think those three games that we're going to be playing is 
can only help us get to that point. Um, so yeah, they're going to be serious games, uh, but I think it's going to make sure our systems are in the right spot and, and everyone knows what they're doing. Uh, I think August 11th will be the first game of the first round. Kevin Hayes has been to a Stanley Cup final with Elaine Vino as his bench boss, and, and he was a guy right away that uh, helped his new teammates learn the system that he learned when he was in New York with the Rangers and now the Flyers are using and to so much success. James Van Riemsdyk was on the return to play committee. He addressed the media after Wednesday's workout. Hey, James. Uh, obviously, you're in a, a bit of a unique situation. Um, you, know, you, you just uh, just. Uh, had your had your daughter um was it ever was it ever a consideration for you to potentially opt out considering your family situation uh you know what no i think uh for me and and my family i think they know uh how much everything uh means to me and um as far as hockey and stuff like that and obviously being on the return to play committee and kind of seeing some of the uh, ins and outs that are going into these decisions i think they saw um kind of the thought that was going into all this and um Again, we, they weren't going to put us in a position where we would be extra vulnerable or put put our health at stake and, and in essence, put the health of our family at stake. So I think they were comfortable with that. And then, obviously, again, my family knows how how much uh, the game means to me and uh, and that sort of stuff. So I think, again, uh, we came to the decision. Um, not that there was much thought about opting out ever, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here back with the guys. And obviously, we got some of these protocols in place to try to mitigate uh, some of the risk. And obviously it's just about now all of us just living smart and um, not being selfish uh, with the decisions we make, uh, especially away from the rink. Hey, James, we talked to AV like months ago and he said that he wasn't worried about getting you guys back in a groove. He had already had a plan. He was already tweaking the plan. He was really sort of prepped ahead of time for this. Does it, do you get that vibe, just how much that he sort of prepared every detail for each day as this camp continues, especially considering the Jack Adams announcement coming out here soon? Yeah, I know what the, I think the, the biggest thing with him and uh, as far as any coach, I think I've played for at any level is just uh, the kind of um, he lets other people do their job. So obviously for this, we're, uh, we're coming back and want to be in a position where we're, we're peaking at the right time. So he's leaning on the sports side staff as far as how long we practice, how hard we practice, um, when to when to kind of push a little bit harder, when to pull back and give us some time to recover. So I think uh, because of all that, he uses all the tools that are uh, kind of uh, available to him. And uh, he's been really smart about all that stuff. So uh, I think as players, we have a ton of confidence in what he wants us to do, and it'll help us be uh, prepared and ready to play uh, as we go through this process and get to Toronto and uh, start playing games. Yeah, James, I, um, you talked a little bit about your daughter. Uh, I, I know it had to be tough to leave. Have, have you looked at? Have you looked ahead? I know families are allowed to be there in Edmonton for the uh, uh, finals, the conference finals, and the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, have you looked ahead, and will they come in? Um, you know, if you do get that far. Yeah, you know, I, we'll, we'll still have to uh, talk about that a little bit more. I think obviously it's one of those things where you just kind of see. Um, where the world is at at that point. And uh, certainly, uh, again, uh, this is something, like I mentioned before, just uh, that I've playing hockey and chasing the Stanley Cup is a huge dream of mine. And uh, obviously, it'd be, I'd really want to be able to share that with, uh, with my family. So that, that would be pretty important to me if we get to that point uh, to be able to have them there. But obviously, again, we'll kind of look at uh, the state of things and stuff like that. I'm sure. Uh, Again, um, if things look good, I think there's no reason why I wouldn't have them uh, come and be a part of it at that point.
James, there was a wild number thrown out ahead of the final vote that, you know, three quarters of the players in the league uh, might not have been comfortable coming back. Uh, can you, as a rep, give a, an idea of if the return to play protocols and the CBA weren't a linked vote, if they had stood separately, do you think that the percentage of players that would have voted for the return to play protocols would have been about the same? Do you think it would have been a closer vote? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I really haven't uh, put a ton of thought into the, in that particular thing. Obviously, we were just worrying about what was directly uh, in front of us and the circumstances that were there. But I mean, again, I think the one thing I did find, obviously, for me, I'm a rep, so I'm on a ton of those calls and hearing about all the different things and thoughts that are going into all these things to try to uh, do this uh, in the safest way and, and mitigate as much risk as possible. But I, I've found that the more guys that have um, kind of been informed and involved, uh, the more at ease they were with some of these kind of issues that uh, that may have uh, come up. So when they find more out about uh, different protocols that we have in place for testing and different things like that, I think uh, they become um, a little bit more... Uh, at ease. I know there's extra insurance policies as well um, being taken out just in case there's some sort of long-term sort of issues that may come up too. So obviously you have uh, that aspect um, looked after as well. I mean, obviously, again, there's a lot of uncertainty around this thing. So um, the, uh, the, the, to each person uh, deals with that and kind of reacts to that differently. And again, ultimately uh, you see some people opting out and uh, obviously see for the reasons that they're they're doing that and you support them uh, as a fellow player and uh, it comes down to individual circumstance and situation but ultimately like I said before I think uh, kind of when you when you look through everything um, and all the different uh, things that are in place and the, the stuff they're trying to do to keep us safe and this and the protocols around the rink and the testing and stuff like that uh, I think it becomes more and more clear that uh, we're not going to be put in a situation um, that's going to be any greater risk um, than we would be just otherwise in our everyday life. James, you were part of something that's been a rarity in the NHL uh, to find CBA harmony uh, coupled with the return to play protocol. Things never got nasty publicly, like maybe they didn't in some other sports. And to be able to kind of keep that under control, move the ball forward. Um, talk about what the, the conversations were like and then what it feel, felt like to get it all done and kind of put that part behind you. Yeah, for sure. I, I think for me personally, I can speak to that return to play committee where we kind of talked about different protocols and um, uh, different stuff that we'd need to be prepared to play. And um, so so I was on it for that part. But as far as like negotiations for the CBA and stuff, I wasn't uh, on any of the conference calls for that with some of those guys as far as when they were talking back and forth but like you mentioned from what i've heard too it was a process where each side kind of realized uh, the importance of uh what was at stake and there's obviously lots of uncertainty in the world with uh with everything that's going on so they have to take that uh into consideration and um again ultimately uh again they were able to both sides come to a, an agreement that uh kind of made sense to hopefully get us uh through through this um through these trying times and um, in a way where we can keep the game uh, in a great place. And obviously uh, after that, we'll have a chance down the road here to uh, again, re reassess them. But I think for what was on, what was uh, going on in the world right now and everything uh, to that nature, I think uh, the deal kind of made sense uh, for how it was structured.
Hey, James, thanks for doing this. Uh, we, we know how tight this team is. Uh, Carter the other day even joked that sometimes the guys have too much fun. Um, how much of a benefit can that be for you guys, just knowing that you guys could be in a bubble scenario for multiple months? Yeah, you know what, for sure. I think, uh, again, when, when we're in the situation that we're in, I think even now most guys at this point are, uh, I think, almost all of us, maybe one or two guys have a uh, family here. But but other than that, I think we're all here kind of uh, obviously by ourselves. So uh, we're spending a lot of uh, time at the rink around each other and that sort of stuff. And uh, since we enjoy that so much, it doesn't, uh, the days seem to fly by. So uh, again, I think that's a, that's a big advantage uh, when you're in a situation like this, when you have a team that's uh, really tight knit and really enjoys being around each other, because uh, obviously we're going to be spending a lot of time with each other. So uh so, so yeah, we want to, uh, again, enjoy it as much we can. And um, I, I don't doubt that we'll enjoy this whole process and uh, see where it takes us. Hi, James. To piggyback on the question Jason asked, um, how closely did you follow the, the labor impasse in baseball? And did you find yourself kind of comparing it to what you guys were dealing with in the NHL? Yeah, you know what? It's definitely interesting. Uh, obviously, some of the the structures of uh, the, the collective bargaining agreements are definitely uh, a little bit uh, different in the sense of they, we have a salary cap, they don't, um, and and that sort of stuff. So uh, just the dynamics become a little bit uh, a little bit different. But uh, certainly, I thought um, again, obviously, you never. You never like to see it get uh, as uh, as publicly uh, heated as it does. Again, these are trying times in the world, and there's people uh, losing their jobs and uh, struggling to to get by and make ends meet. So it seems, uh, in that sense, obviously, uh, it's tough to kind of hear all the details about these things. But uh, with that being said, um, obviously, uh, I think the deal that they came to, I think again, I think the players in baseball did a good job as far as just knowing the information and and um just kind of banding together and um yeah obviously it is what it is so uh hopefully they're able to uh to get things going here because obviously i'm a fan of all sports and enjoy watching that too so uh, it was nice to see uh, them able to come to a deal obviously it's a shorter way shorter season than usual but uh uh again hopefully seeing those guys back out there playing again uh, soon will uh will be fun to watch for sure uh james this will be a, a little bit off the beaten path but if things were to open up uh, as you get to the hub cities, um, if you could pick one teammate to have as a roommate for the duration of time, who would it be? And who's, and who's one guy that you might not want to room with for the next month and a half? Okay. Um, let me see. Who would I want to have as my roommate? Wow. I could, you could take this just so many different, uh, put so many different angles with this, but, uh, I would say if I had to have one roommate, I'd have um, probably. Well, yeah, I'd go with Carter Hart for that. I think I think it'd be pretty entertaining, and uh, yeah, he he. It's funny to hear some of the stuff that's going on in his brain. So uh, I'd, I'd pick him for for the guy I definitely want to uh, room with, and then for someone who I wouldn't want to room with. Um. I don't know. I don't even know how to, how I could answer that one. Um, we have a pretty t we have a pretty tight team, so I don't even know if I wouldn't if I have anyone that I really wouldn't want a room with. I think I I'm pretty adaptable where I could have a good uh, good experience with with any of the guys. So I don't even know how to answer that that part of it. So, hi James. Uh, we know that K 
Kevin Hayes and Coach Vino have had a strong association going back to New York. When you guys showed up for training camp this year, could you see that trust and did that maybe have a little bit of a rub off effect as far as buying into the, to the coaches system? Um, that's a good question. I think obviously, uh, again, I'm sure as a, as a coach coming to a new team, it's always nice to have at least someone who could, uh, I guess, I don't know if vouch for is the right word, but kind of you have that relationship with and they know what to expect and it makes that transition a little bit easier. Certainly, uh, again, we all come in and try to develop our own relationships with the different coaches and stuff like that. But, uh, it definitely doesn't hurt to have a guy who's really familiar with and has a good relationship with them and can kind of, uh, again, help us, uh, kind of, uh, make that process a little more seamless as far as, uh, players getting to know them and, and that stuff. So, uh, I think again, uh, that that's been a, a good thing for, uh, for us as players and probably for him as a, a coach as well, just to have that kind of, uh, someone who you're really familiar with and know very well and uh, able to kind of make that transition hopefully a little bit more seamless uh, than it might be otherwise. James Van Riemsdyk, also the father of a young baby. So I'm sure uh, heading to a hub city and not being able to see uh, your wife and young baby is something that's going to be uh, difficult for him to deal with. But um, that's what they do. They play hockey. That's their job. And uh, James Van Riemsdyk, happy to be back and doing everything he can to prepare for the team to go on a long run and, and push to win. Lord Stanley's Cup. Had a chance to catch up with Nate Thompson. Chuck Fletcher acquired Nate Thompson and Derek Grant at the trade deadline. Two depth pickups for the Flyers and guys that can help them in a lot of areas, including the penalty kill and depth uh, bottom six forwards as well. Had a chance to catch up with Nate Thompson after practice on Wednesday, and here's that conversation. Happy to have join us once again uh, on Flyers Daily. Had a chance to catch up with him on the day he was acquired at the deadline by the Philadelphia Flyers, and he joins us now. Nate Thompson. Nate, how are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me. Um, it's uh, good to uh, get this going. Yeah, it's good to get it going. It's weird for you because, you know, you get traded to Philly. You come into Philadelphia, you get a few games in, and all of a sudden, boom, you hit the brakes on the season and, and everybody kind of scatters. But how big was it for you to just at least get some games in before the whole uh, pause happened? Yeah, it was it was fun. You know, I, I think uh, when Derek and I both got here, um, you know, we were on a – in the midst of a nine-game winning streak, um, and then that last game against Boston. But um, yeah, it was a it was a ton of fun, and it was a, you know it's a great group here. I mean, we weren't here that long, but it, you can tell it's a, a tight-knit group of guys here, and uh, everyone really enjoys being around each other and coming to the rink. So it was just fun to be a part of it, and uh, obviously very excited to get back. Nate, you've been on a lot of teams around the league, and you, you know what it's like to be on a team and just be on a heater, right? Where things are going really well, but deep down you kind of know, like, hey, man, that's not really our team. We're not this good. Uh, when you got here, what was, like, kind of your vibe? As you mentioned, you guys, you know, you're on a heater, but the team is built for for playoff success and with a lot of depth. No, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it was no fluke uh, to win all those games in a row, but it's also – you know, even before I got here, you knew this team was good. And and then when I got here, I really realized how good we were. Uh, we're a pretty complete team. We have a complete lineup. And I think uh, we have a, a real good chance to do some really good damage in the playoffs. Um, the key to playoff success is, is look, hockey's a simple game. It's like you got to do the, the little detail things to, to have success. And in the playoffs, that's even more pronounced because, you know, any mistake and you're pulling it out of the back of your net. Uh, Chuck brings in you and Derek Grant, two two veteran guys, without taking anything off the roster. 
uh, and you're a guy that's moved it to deadline before. I, you know, I look I look at guys that move at deadlines all the time, and I go, those are the kind of players that GMs and coaches want. Um, it's a known commodity. That that's the key to your game. You know what you're going to get an honest effort out of you every game, and and the details, right? Yeah, that's kind of been my mo. My uh, you know most of my career, um, and then I was obviously as I've gotten a little bit older, and like you said, you know. Uh, every trade deadline and being a you know uh, unrestricted free agent coming up, you know you can you're usually uh, that guy that's going to be trade bait. But at the same time, you know you look at it in a way that uh, that you're a guy who's wanted. And I guess that's kind of how I've looked at it the last few years. It's just uh, you know another opportunity, another chance, um, you know to impress, but also to to help a team win. And I think uh, you know, like you said, I'm just going to come in and. Uh, you know, play my role, do the things that uh, have made me successful throughout my career and uh, continue to do that. And uh, hopefully we can uh, do something special here. Nate, had you had a chance on when you first get to a new team, there's like kind of a feeling out process, you know, on the ice and off the ice, kind of just getting assimilated with the guys in the room and, you know, the different personalities and everything. But had you had any as a, as a veteran player, had you had any conversations with some of the younger players about what it's like, you know, to, to be stepping into the Stanley cup playoffs? Cause as you know, you've been there enough times to know that uh, the game is far different come playoff time. I mean, I, I think um, you know, I've been guys and and everyone else uh, at a group chat going during the break, and then um, you know, right now, obviously, we're spending a lot of time together. So um, you can see, you can feel the uh, the excitement throughout the guys ready to play in the playoffs, and um, you know, just have that opportunity because. You know, you look back on your career and look back on mine, you know, I've had a really some really good opportunities, but you, sometimes you don't know when you're going to get that next opportunity to play in the playoffs and get a chance to maybe win. So you really have to take advantage of every opportunity. So I think uh, I think that's the message to the young guys I'm just telling them is just you just don't know. You, you just don't know how fast it goes by really fast, and you don't know when that next shot's going to be. So you have to make sure when you have the chance that uh, you really take advantage of it and, uh, you know, just enjoy yourself and enjoy the moment. What's your anticipation on what you know kind of life is going to be like inside uh, the bubble in the hub city of Toronto? Um, does it kind of almost like take you back to your to your days growing up as a as a kid playing in Alaska? You know, you go on your your hockey tournament weekend, silver sticks, whatever it might be, and uh, yeah, you yeah. bunker down with your with your teammates. You have a great time, and you know you play some sock hockey on the floor. You get yelled at by the hotel staff. Uh, maybe not that, but uh, what's your anticipation of uh, life inside the bubble? Yeah, it'll be great. You know, I, I think when you're playing in the playoffs, um, you know, you're already spending a lot of time with the guys. You know, you're on the road, coming back, you're at the rink together all the time. This, I think this will just be magnified. You're going to be with each other even more, which I think is a great thing to to have, especially during playoff time, because this is a time that, um, you know, you're spending the most time together. You're going through a – you're basically going through a war and uh, you're getting to do it together, but it's time you're – at the same time, you're enjoying each other's uh, company off the ice. You know, guys are, you know, I'm sure guys are going to bring some video games and guys are going to be playing cards. And uh, there's going to be a lot of downtime where guys are, uh, you know, hanging out. So I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And like you said, it's going to bring back some uh, some old minor hockey memories. But uh, it, it'll be a unique, a unique situation, but I think it'll be a good one. Nate, the sense that I'm getting and kind of talking to a lot of the players, coaching staff as well, is that um, everybody's everybody's really glad to be back because there was a sense of unfinished business with this group, but also that this is, you know, what we're going to have fun and, and winning's fun, 
Um, but this is a this is being very business like. There's a task at hand here, because it, like you said, it's not often where you get a really good opportunity to, to chase down that that beautiful trophy. And you guys have a group right now with depth and star power and, and goaltending, good defense. You you really have the kind of the recipe for playoff success. So there's a business business like atmosphere, isn't there? Yeah, there has been, um, and there has been since day one since everyone got here. Um, you can feel it, you can see it. Uh, you can tell guys were um, definitely taking care of themselves during this break and uh, preparing themselves. So it's good to see. You know, I, I think every guy in here uh, honestly knows uh, what we have in here, what this group can uh, kind of you know can accomplish, um, and you can see it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I it just it, it's a really good feeling. It's a good vibe in here, and guys feel good about it. Uh, guys are prepared. You can see how hard how hard guys are working right now, and it's good to see because um, you know that's what you want. Uh, you know, going into a a big tournament like this. So uh, I'm excited, and I think everyone else is very excited too. Uh, you've been in the league a long time, over a decade now, um, and you've seen your share of different head coaches and coaching staffs. Uh, Lane Vigneault uh, yesterday was nominated for the Jack Adams, the fifth time, by the way, uh, most in NHL history of his career. He won it back in 06, 07. Uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, what's your experience been in the limited time you've been w with AV and this coaching staff? How has it kind of, uh, uh, you know, what was your impressions initially and, and how's it been? It's been great. Um, you know, you can see why he's uh, been one of the top coaches in the league for so long. Um, you've seen the different teams he's had throughout the years and they've been powerhouse teams and, you know, he's been close to winning cups and, um, you know, he's, uh, He's a very honest guy. You know where you stand right away. I know for me, you know, for me when I came in, um, you know, he told me what he expected out of me, and it wasn't anything outside of my, you know, outside of my realm of how I'm supposed to play. And um, he just said, you know, be yourself, and you know, go do your thing, and feel a lot easier. And all that. And uh, you know, you can see, you know, the guys have really bought in here uh, from day one. And when I got here, you could see guys are. You know, just uh, you know, following his lead, and uh, you see he's done a great job, and he's very well deserving of uh, you know of that uh, nomination. I, I've talked with some people about like kind of his evolution and his approach as a coach, um, and he's a bit of a um, you know, you have your players' coaches, and then you have your hard-ass coaches, but he's got a bit of both of that, doesn't he? You know, there's there's a high level of accountability, um, and you're expected to do your job, um, but he's also a guy that's very fair and and very a very good communicator. I, I totally agree. It was he, he. He is that kind of uh, the happy medium between both, where you know he'll communicate with you, but at the same time he's going to hold you accountable. You know, I, I think you have to have that in today's game. You have to have that as a coach. Yeah, you have to hold guys accountable, but at the same time, you got to be able to communicate with the guys too. And I think he he, uh, he does a very good job of walking that line of both. You know, being um, you know being hard but being fair at the same time. So um, it's going to be. It's uh, you know he's a lot of fun to play for. When did you get, first of all, when did you get back on the ice uh, and start skating uh, at some point when you, it looked like you guys were for sure likely going to come back? Uh, I, I started skating probably, uh, skating probably a couple months before, um, before I headed back here, which was weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I was, you know, not skating every day, but, you know, at least, uh, two to four times a week, you know, just trying to, you know, get my, you know, get my legs under me, uh, you know, just start kind of feeling like a hockey player again, knowing that we were probably going to be coming back.
Um, when you in camp now, you're, you're through three days of the camp, first three sessions. Um, I saw at the end of the session, um, he gassed you a little bit, a little three, two, one, some, you know, some hard skating. Uh, how's the body feel now that, you know, the whole group's back and you guys are working on a lot of game situations and trying to get the hands dialed in with the head and the feet and everything kind of in concert. Um, how's it been feeling for you? Are you one of those guys where you know when it clicks back together? Yeah, I've been feeling pretty good. I, I think it's one of those things where, uh, for me, I've, I'm starting to feel better and better every single day. And, you know, it's, you know, you can't really um, mimic a uh, high intensity, you know, NHL practice when you're skating on your own or you're skating, you know, like a lot of guys were before coming back, you know, for training camp. So, you know, it's good to get back in those high intensity drills and, uh, you know, have a high pace with other guys and, you know, making plays and, uh, you know, doing the skates after and stuff. So uh, I think for me, I'm feeling pretty good. I, you know, every day's, you know, been feeling better. And um, I think it's just going to keep going up. In your career, you've had uh, three pretty long playoff runs, one in Tampa, two in Anaheim. Um, what is the kind of the key to being a team that can win multiple rounds? Like, is there a common denominator in your kind of estimation, like in Tampa, this with this, this and this, and and that's the reason why we have not just being a good team, but is there a common denominator to being a, a playoff team that can go multiple rounds and really put themselves in a position? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, those teams that I've been on, there was a belief, you know, that I, I think you have to believe that uh, that you can win and that you can win the whole thing. You know, they, it can't be, all right, we're just happy to be here. Um, it has to be a belief that you can beat any team. And at the same time, you know, best of seven series, you can't uh, – you know, you can't win a series in one game. So you have to, you know, pretty much like like they say with the cliches, you know, keep it even keel, not get too high, not to get low. But you have to do that throughout the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, you, you got to have – you need every single guy. Uh, you can't just rely upon, you know, your superstars to, to score two or three points every night because it just doesn't work like that in the playoffs. Uh, you need every single guy to be able to contribute – Every play matters. I think that's the biggest thing for me in the, uh, learning uh, throughout my playoff um, success and being in longer playoff runs is that, you know, every single play, every shift matters, and it could be the difference. And, you know, I think if every guy knows it, you, know, you have to. Yeah. I, I've referenced um, it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> I've referenced it on here, too, back in 2017 when the Caps won it that paddle save that Holtby gives them when Holtz makes that save, that's one where you can steal a team's heart. Sometimes it's a save. It's a little thing in a, in a series that can change everything too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was in Anaheim on a team that, uh, you know, we were down three nothing with three minutes to go and, and, uh, in game five, and we ended up coming back tying in game three, three and went in double overtime. Uh, you know, ended, ended up winning the series in seven games. And, you know, maybe we lose that game five. Maybe it's a different series. Maybe we're not going to the competition. So, you know, it's it's uh, every minute, every second uh, counts in the playoffs. Um, are you, were you a guy that was following kind of what was going on in the return to play and, and all the protocols and everything really closely anticipating the return? Or were you kind of like, you know, shoot me a text when we're good to go. I'll be ready. <laughs> no, I was I was following it. Um you know, I, I think it was it was good. You know, mo most guys in the league, I think most guys in the team, everyone was following along and making sure that they were uh, staying involved and seeing what was going on and, uh, you know, following, following different phases, phases and protocols to see what was going to happen. 
Well, it's great that everybody's back. I know everybody uh, is eager to get to the Hub City and get this thing underway. And um, when you look at those uh, those round robin games, you guys are in a great position, Nate. As a four seed, you can't move down. You don't have to play in this best of five play in round, which is fantastic. Um, and then you couple that in these round robin games, you guys can actually move up and improve your seeding. So it's a perfect scenario for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I think we're in a good spot. I, I think, you know, the, those top four teams in both conferences are in good spots, right? You know, we uh, we have that buy into the first round. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we still got to, you know, you still got to play hockey and compete and, uh, you know, and try and win. So if we can move up and get a, you know, a better seed and, uh, you know, have home ice longer throughout the playoffs, well, home ice, I guess you can't even, Last change. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not hold That's what I meant. Last change. Uh, <laughs> if you can have that through the playoffs, that's uh, that's a big advantage. So we're, we're just going to go out there and do our thing. Yeah, well, it's it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of hockey coming. The fans are, are definitely uh, have a huge appetite for it right now. Uh, Nate, we appreciate you joining us, man. Best of luck with the rest of training camp. And, and once you get to the Hub City up there in Toronto, everybody's hoping that you guys are going to go on a, a real long run, make this a lot of fun. And uh, uh, unique circumstances, unprecedented for sure. Uh, but it, it may be one of the toughest playoffs you have to go through and to win the Cup with all things considered. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. And um... Yeah, we're looking forward to it and uh, you know, can't wait to have some fun. Nate Thompson can certainly help his teammates drawing on a lot of experience, a couple of long playoff runs uh, that he's had in his time in the National Hockey League. Two, two pronounced long runs with Anaheim, also in Tampa Bay, went on a run as well. Uh, so Nate Thompson going to be an asset to this Flyers team for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we thank him for joining us here on Flyers Daily, which is brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Again, no, t- uh, no practice for the Flyers uh, on this day. They'll be back in action on Friday and scrimmages on Saturday. And keep it right here on Flyers Daily each and every day as we'll bring you all the up-to-date sound, all the up-to-date news and notes from Flyers training camp as preparations are underway for the return to the ice and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily.